Good evening, Sportsonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglioloro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. And of course, we are rebroadcast, redistributed through all our various podcasting outlets. So we thank you for joining us no matter how you join us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Bullhorn, Rate, Like, Share, Subscribe, Do, All the Things. And we got a good show for you tonight. We will be joined by Dave Hastings in a matter of moments here. No Eric Pfeiffer or Larry Schmelrose tonight. Hopefully we get them back. Next week, we do once again congratulate them. Uh, new baby. Um, so congratulations to Eric Pfeiffer. Where, wherever you are, know you're listening to us. So congrats, buddy. Uh, like I said, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We have basketball playoffs going on right now. Obviously, we won't really get a chance to talk about the hockey Stanley Cup that is going on uh, this week. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, Schmel Rose gets to make uh, gets to come back uh, while that is going on, so we can hear what he thinks on that. Uh, but like I said, we got basketball playoffs going on. Uh, we have a little bit of football news, not that much football. Um, you know, we mentioned uh, the gambling um, stuff that has gone on this off season. Obviously, when Calvin Ridley got suspended, we talked about him. Uh, there's another one happening right now, which I'm sure we'll get into uh, later on in the show here. Uh, but that's about all going on with football. Uh, OTAs are going on, but that's about it. Uh, baseball is going on. And that's that's where we're going to start tonight because there's two things, as I see it, that have been going on in the today. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday, our normal Tuesday. Two very big stories dropped today. Uh one of them in the world of golf, which, like I said, we'll talk about that when Dave comes on here. But what what um, I'm going to start with. So when Jacob deGrom left the Mets, I did my little standalone piece. I talked about that. Um, I was not happy to see him go. And today the news broke that he's going to need Tommy John surgery likely be out until late next year at the earliest. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more. But right now, he's here tonight. I see his head. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Dave Hastings is with us tonight. Dave, how you doing, buddy? Not too bad, Mike. How about yourself? No, I'm, I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. We're doing what we can. So what I'm what I'm choosing to start off with tonight and I hope this is okay with you Dave I, I know you're not the biggest baseball fan in the world but there's there's a name you've heard me talk about quite a bit on this show the last few years and I was I started to bring it up before you came here so we'll go into it this way uh Jacob deGrom obviously left the Mets in the offseason to sign the big dollar contract with the Rangers I made my feelings known on him leaving at the time today it's announced 
He needs Tommy John surgery and will not be back until late next year at the earliest when he will be 37 years old. And listen, you're a casual baseball fan, as as we've said before. To me, I, I don't just look at this as a Met thing. I look at this as DeGrom is someone I looked at as someone who could quite possibly be in that pantheon of great pitchers. I knew he was never going to have a long career. Guy did have two Cy Young Awards, did get started late uh, due to his first Tommy John surgery and the fact that he's he was converted from originally being a shortstop to a pitcher. When I saw him pitch, I got to tell you, um, to me this is a sad day, not just for everything, like I said, but for baseball, because to me we miss out on an all-time great here. And I'm just curious what your thoughts were when you heard of this. Uh, my first thought was, man, Mike must be happy he didn't stay with the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's, uh, I thank you for thinking of me there. I, I, I'll get into that a little bit, but, you know, go on. Hey, you just feel bad for the guy? Like you said, going to be 37 mm-hmm. by the time he comes back, second Tommy John surgery of his career. It doesn't paint a good picture for uh, the longevity of his career or having many years left in the tank. And, you know, it's always sad to see when a talented guy gets riddled by injury. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, it's really kind of that simple. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll say this very quickly and then we can move on. To see this guy come up, and obviously when he came up, he was not the the Ballyhooed prospect. I can tell you that. Like, I, I followed Met prospects at the time. He was kind of the guy who was lower on down the chart. People talked about him, but nobody ever thought he was going to be anything special. When Matt Harvey came up and Zach Wheeler came up and they were already established, there was a doubleheader, and I think we might have actually still been in the studio for it. Um, and during that doubleheader, the Mets went with two rookie starters. It was Rafael Montero and Jacob DeGrom. Montero was the big name. He was like the Nets next big prospect. And he washed out pretty quickly. He never got his stuff together as a starter. He's rebounded since he left the Mets. But DeGrom's the guy who went on to big things. And having seen this guy in big moments, I was very saddened when he left the Mets. This... To see this happen, unfortunately, is not surprising with the way the injuries have gone. But I can tell you this, and this is interesting, Dave. There was a lot of going back and forth, and you heard things in the media after he left. And he had kind of soured on the Mets front office was what you heard. And I heard this earlier today, and it's true. In 2021, which was the year that if it had continued, would have been up there with like Bob Gibson as like one of the greatest seasons a pitcher ever had in Major League Baseball history. That was the year he got shut down little before midseason. And very late in the season, Sandy Alderson, who at the time was like acting general manager, did a press conference where he said that DeGrom had a partially torn UCL. And then DeGrom comes out a couple weeks later and vehemently denies it. And supposedly that's when the souring on the front office started. So if the Mets knew this and this is why they didn't want to give him the big contract, okay, fine. I can accept that. I I just never sat right with me, him leaving, because and in the end, this is what we're all going to miss. 
should have been considered one of the greatest careers, like up there with other Hall of Famers. Like Pedro comes to mind because he doesn't have like 300 wins, but he had his time where he was like the top of the sport like the Grom was. So I can go on for this about this for about three hours. I don't really think you want to sit through that, though. So I'll move this along. I got to tell you, Dave, there's there was another big story that came out and it came out earlier today. And it was actually what I was going to start off with. Now, something we normally cover here, but we've talked about the Live Golf tour on this show. And then I wake up this morning about nine, ten o'clock. The news breaks that the Live Tour is merging with the PGA Tour and some European tour called the World World Tour. And I'm just curious how you feel about it, because I know you're kind of a golf guy. Um, at the very least, you watch golf more than you watch baseball. You've said that before. Um, so you hear this, like, there was some moral high ground being raised when the Live Golf Tour started because of who they are funded by, and particularly by the PGA Tour. And to see them turn around and be this willing to merge – that's that's nice that you you've used all that moral high ground and this is what you choose to do. What did you think when you heard this? I mean, there's a lot to this, right? Like first yeah. and foremost, like the way we the way everyday normal fans found out um, is the same way that PGA Tour golfers found out. <laughs> yeah. Like, so the guys that play for the league found out the same way we did. Like that that's not right. That's fucked uh, up. So you have that you have that factor. Um, the fact that they took this moral high ground that it's fa- founded by Saudi Arabia, and you know a lot of uh, they used the, played the nine eleven card and how unpatriotic it was, and you know they you know and, and that you shouldn't be working with them and all that to like you know deter their players from leaving to go and play for the lit. Um, you then end up also with guys that turn down hundreds of millions of dollars. Tiger Woods, for an example, um, turned down almost eight was reportedly offered 800 million to play for the live tournament. He turned that down. Now, out of all the golfers in the PGA, he's probably the only one that like, yeah, it still sucks, but he's probably the only one that you can sit there and be like, okay, well, you've made a lot of money in your life. Really, you know, the $800 million sucks, but not the end of the world that you didn't get that money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, like, you think about that, right? Like, and some of these players that didn't go because of pressure from the PGA and, and all that nonsense, and, and – now the PGA is going to go and sign a deal with these guys, make a whole boatload of money, and and these players could have went and made that on their own and still found their way back to the PGA Tour. Mm. So, yeah, there's a lot of shade. That's a lot of shady stuff, and I mean, it all boils down to you know dollars and cents, and and that's all the PGA cared about, and they didn't care about how wrong they did their players and. It's going to be interesting. There should be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of backlash, but the problem is these professional golfers, there's not really somewhere else for them to go to play and and make a living off of golf. 
So they can be as mad as they want to be, but their hands are still kind of tied. And I think the PGA knows that. And when it's all said and done, aren't going to care. So I, I think it's fucked up. I think it's a shit show. Um, I mean, I personally, you know, these guys went and played golf for the live. That's, I didn't really care. Like that was, you know, it's your life, your call. Um, but with the way the PGA tour handled this, like that's, that's a giant, giant F you. Um, and it's <laughs> just, just not cool at all. Mm. Yeah. That's well said. If I, if I'm a player who gave, who gave up that money to show loyalty to PGA tour, I'm definitely pissed off. And yeah, I, I don't really have too much more to chime in than you do, but I saw this and, Listen, ultimately, it's good for golf because I don't think golf's really in this in a state where you can kind of section off players with different tournaments and fans only have access to certain players, like you know, the whole uh, broadcasting rights and all that stuff. It's better for golf that they they don't have to go through that. But it's just you know you you can't okay. You can't talk about the live golf and where they're getting the money from and then be this willing to turn around and take the money. It's like not it's barely a year since this whole thing started. Just way too quick. Yeah, again, it, it's a giant F you to all those players that stood by the PGA and all those people that they sat there um, – and, you know, we're basically like, yeah, no, it's, it's messed up to go do that. <laughs> and, yeah. and, they, they, and they completely fuck them. Like, yep. literally completely fuck them. Mm. Yep. All right. I think with that, we can move this along here. And we'll go, we'll go to basketball here because obviously we got the finals going on right now. We kind of gave a preview of it last week. And the series is about as tight as we kind of thought it was going to be. Nuggets wind up winning the first game, 104 to 93. But the Heat bounce back and they take away the home court advantage from the Nuggets, 111 to 108, I believe, uh, Monday night, last night. Um, so that's where we are right now. Sunday night, but yeah. Oh, it was Sunday night? Oh, excuse me. Apologies. Um, what do you think about the final so far, Dave? I mean, after game one, there was definitely a lot of reason for people to believe that Miami was just outmatched. Um, and to think, to doubt them, um, just really, like, <laughs> it's just, it's not the thing to do. The The team plays with heart. They play with con uh, confidence. They never feel like they're out of it. And, um, you know, here we are now with them tying at 1-1. Um, what's crazy to me is it was the first uh, home loss of the playoffs for Denver. Um, it was – and it was – but – Denver also is now one in, I think, four in the playoffs if Jokic scores more than 40 points. Like, that part really surprised me. And I 
it continues to go back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, or not earlier today, but last week of, of the amazing job Spolster has done as a head coach um, and, and his ability to get ex- get his team to execute and, and come up with a game plan to, to basically stop teams that have more talent than them from being able to beat them. Um, and, and you can't be anything but impressed by that. Um, I still, I still would put money on Denver if I was a betting man. Um, I still think they are the team that will come out of the series, um, on top and, and, you know, win the NBA finals, but Miami's not going to go out. Um, you know, they're not talking their tail in between their legs and running away. Mm. Like they're going to play until the, until it's fine. until the final whistle. They're going to push and claw and scratch and do everything that they can to win this series. And there's no, if this gets to a game seven, it's anybody's game, you know, it's anybody's series. And that's, that to me is the one thing out of anything Denver has to avoid. And that, that is letting this series go seven. Cause if it does, uh, all like to me, it, it, it's basically at the point now where it is fair to say that all the pressure is on Denver. Miami's playing house money, and they've been playing with house money since they beat Milwaukee. So, I mean, that's that's really what we're looking at. But I just I, I think the key for Miami is basically letting Jokic score all he wants, and basically making sure the other guys don't beat you, which is rare to say. But I do think that's the situation that uh, Miami's in is, is let Jokic score 40 or 50 points and don't let the other guys beat you. And, and that's that's a great way to win. I did like Spolster's comments the other day when someone asked him that, though. I know you saw what I'm talking about there. Right? Uh, no, I did not. In the press conference after, I think it was after game two, someone asked him something about turning him into a passer. And I thought he gave a very classy uh, response to it, at least, you know, in terms of defending the players. Um, Just in terms of not being able, not being able to stereotype a player into one thing. Oh, he's just, we just turned him into a passer. We just, he, he basically said it was reductive. And I just liked the way that came off. Uh, again, Spolcher is is a class act and arguably one of the best, if not the best coach in the NBA right now. And he's mm-hmm. been giving everybody proof of it since this uh, since this year's playoffs started. Yep. And yep. once again, I still remember when Chicago was up five with three minutes and 23 seconds left. Yeah, no. When you said they've been playing with house money since the since they beat the Bucks, I was I, in my head. I'm going, you know, you could have extended that if you wanted to, because I know you felt like it. <laughs> uh, I, and that's the thing, right? I mean, when you look at what um, what they, I mean, they had they had they were record wise one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, they had that's why they had to be in the play in. Then they lost their first play in against Atlanta. Um, you know, and then they had to survive against Chicago. So it wasn't really until they beat Milwaukee that everybody was like, all right, well, whatever this team does moving forward, like they knocked out Milwaukee, they can be proud. So that's what I mean by them playing with house money. 
Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't really have too much more to add than what uh, you've already said here on this series. Um, I, I like what you said, though, about if it goes to game seven, I'd be worried about that if I was Denver. I definitely agree with you. All the pressure's on them because, yeah, if Miami gets it to a game seven, I don't know. Like Denver could still technically win it, but I guarantee you with the betting money, like in, in my mind, gets to a game seven, I'm betting on Miami there. I would do the same. Yeah. And their, their mental toughness is on match, at least from what we've seen in the, uh, amongst the other teams in the playoffs uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it is crazy how far they have come. Yeah. Um, all right. I, like I said, I don't really have too much more on the finals there. Got that. The one thing I wanted to bring up, like, I don't know how much we consider this a big deal, but I know obviously the coaching carousel has gone along this off season. Frank Vogel's the latest to get hired. He goes to the Phoenix Suns. Adrian Griffin goes to the Milwaukee Bucks. He's replacing Budenholzer. I believe is how you pronounce that name. And I know there's at least a couple, at least one or two more I might be leaving out here. But, you know, you see the coaching. Oh, Nick Nurse goes to Philadelphia 76ers. You see these. Like, do you, do coaching changes matter in the NBA anymore? Well, I mean, think about it. If Spolster went to a different team, you, you'd probably like that change. If Popovich went to a different team, like Frank That's Vogel. Fair. Frank Vogel took a, a decent Indiana team a couple years back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, like I, the names that are getting, it, it's the problem is it's like that you don't see a lot of new names getting hired. Like in the NFL, mm. or, you know, baseball. I feel well, I don't know baseball well enough, but like the NFL, like you see coaches coming up the ranks, right? Guys started, mm. you know. Uh, cornerbacks coach or secondary coach and then defense coordinator then head coach right like you see him work their way up in the nba you don't see a lot of that because these guys coach for so long it's hard to have happen so do these hiring changes or these hirings impact the teams of course they do they're going to impact the culture what they like vogel is a uh he he believes in defense and and grinded out games so with a team like phoenix and scorers like durant and, and booker you know, maybe if they played a little better defense, they might have been able to beat Denver. I like, so yeah, I do think these changes can impact the teams, but the NBA is always going to be the who you got on the court more than anything else. Mm. Yeah, and Vogel does have you know an established history, um, coach for the Pacers, like you said, uh, Magic and the Lakers for a few years there. I believe he uh, coached when LeBron was there. That was kind of the point I, I, I was I was making a little bit there. Um, just in terms of not necessarily do they matter, but I don't know. When you put them with the star players, like, okay, with Phoenix, Durant, we've seen how he's gone with head coaches the last few years. Um, and then uh, Nick Nurse going to the 76ers with Embiid and possibly Harden talk about that in a second but i i don't know i just think we're at the point depending on the superstar at the end of the day if there's a problem you know who the team is going to wind up siding with at this point i think in the basketball i think more than any other sport the head coach is more disposable yes i i would i would definitely agree with that mm. yeah the head 
which is definitely a lot easier to dispose of in comparison. Yep. Um, I mean, other than that, I didn't really have too much to throw in on the coaching changes. I, I don't know. Is there anyone that stands out to you? Um, I, I mean, I do really like the, the Vogel hiring. Um, what's his name that got hired in Philly? Nick uh, Nurse. Nick Former Nurse. Raptors head coach. Yeah, like Nick Nurse, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, right, like with a team like Philly, if they're able to bring back Harden, do I think Nick Nurse can get, you know, maybe get them out of the second round? Possibly, you know, but if they don't bring back Harden, really, are they going to be able to? I don't know. So, I mean, again, it, these coaches can have an impact, but it's still going to, it still boils down to the guys on the court more than probably any other sport that's out there. Mm. Yes, absolutely. You said that perfectly the first time, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, man, absolutely. No other sport like basketball with that. Um, do you buy that Harden is going back to the Houston Rockets? I think he's going wherever he can get the most money. Mm. I mean, I, 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 it, like, I want to believe that the guy cares about winning, but I think at this point he's just pat, pat stat uh, padding. And that's really all he cares about. Mm. He had a couple moments this past offseason, uh, this past postseason, rather, where I thought he was doing some of the best stuff in the postseason in his career. And then he had other moments that were typical of his postseason career. So I don't know. I think if you're Houston, though, if they wind up throwing a ton of money to bring him back, I think that's a ridiculous mistake. And I don't understand how you do that after what he did to your franchise the first time. Yeah, you got a lot of draft picks back for him. Dude shows up out of shape, then the second he gets traded to the Nets, a week later, all of a sudden he dropped 20 pounds? Yeah, I like it, to me, Harden's a guy like Kyrie Irving. He's not as, yeah. as detrimental to your team, but I don't want either one of them on my team. No, not at all. No. And... I'll bring this up very quickly just because you brought up his name. So maybe you can shed a little more light on this. What it was, he reaches out to the Lakers to see if he can get them to trade LeBron to the Mavericks. Yeah, I saw, I saw that too. And what I find hysterical is that like, he's not even signed by the Mavericks. Yeah. Like he's actually not on the Mavericks roster right now. He's a free agent. So that I find that amusing that like he basically is like, Yeah, if I want to get another ring, I gotta play with LeBron. <laughs> like that and, I'm so done with him. Yeah. And there'd be no way to make that trade work out unless the Mavericks were giving up Luka Doncic, which why would you do that? There's no reason whatsoever to do that. So that's never gonna happen. No. I, I, I yeah. Don't. Yep. Yeah, no. I I saw that. And I was just like, don't even know. I don't. So, even right. know, I don't even know how guys want to play with him anymore. It really doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, okay, he's willing to do that for LeBron. Is LeBron willing to do something like that for him? I Probably not. It. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I doubt it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> And I, I hate seeing the clips of him uh, 
talking to, to fans or whatever when they show up on TikTok. I just I just hate listening to them talk. It's just like, dude, you have no idea how the rest of the world looks at you. Will you stop acting so enlightened? Because if you're what enlightened looks like, I don't want to be it. Anyway. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. Did you have anything you want to bring up tonight? Because I think I think we'll wind up um, moving off of basketball. I got one football story, but was there anything else that stood out to you that you wanted to bring up, Dave? Uh, I mean, honestly, to me, the biggest thing was what happened with the live uh, LIV. So I think that's mm-hmm. really. Yeah, I don't. I I, I feel like if um, if Eric was here, he'd probably have a couple different angles to look at it that I just can't really think of because, you know, I'm not really a golf guy. Like I understand the players being pissed off at the, um, at the PGA, not just for the way they handled it, but the fact that they did it in the first place after making a big deal and punishing players, like you said, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I feel, I feel, I feel bad for the the players that turned down that much money to just have this unfold and happen. Mm-hmm. I really. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, sports wise, you got the Las Vegas Knights up two zero on the Florida Panthers um, with a dominating seven to one win last night to go up two nothing. Um, they, I think they've outscored the Panthers like eleven to two or something like that. So. Um, Las Vegas looks looks good and and primed to you know maybe take the Stanley Cup, but uh, I saw something uh, last night where teams that go up two zero in the Stanley Cup final um, have won ninety three percent of the Stanley Cups, so it's not your typical like you know like basketball where like well the series really doesn't start until the team loses at home. Um, it, it seems that hockey's a little bit different with that, so. Um, definitely a big hole for Florida to dig themselves out of, but Hey, they were down three, one against Boston. Uh, the team that, you know, set the record for most points in an, uh, NHL regular season, uh, came back and won that series. Like, so they're, they, they've been going through, you know, people doubting them and, and saying that they're out of it all, all playoffs long. And, and here they are down 2-0 and it's kind of like Miami right like if Miami lost game two you might be sitting there thinking to yourself all right it might be over but we've also seen um you know we've also seen teams come back from this so it'll be interesting Mm -hmm. yeah 2-0 is not the death sentence that 3-0 winds up being so they definitely have a shot there but it the craziest thing to me, whenever I, I hear it, is just that Vegas as a team has only been around for like three or four years. And this is not only their second Stanley Cup appearance, they may actually get a win out of it. Like that does not happen for expansion teams across any sport. Like um, football, Panthers and Jaguars still have not won uh, a Super Bowl since they've been in the league. Carolina's been to a Super Bowl. Jacksonville has not. I think they both were close very early. They went some through some mediocre periods. They had some periods the last decade, but neither one of them anything sustained. Look at the Houston Texans. My God. Uh, Cleveland kind of counts as an expansion team because they brought him back. They ain't been able to do anything. 
there the entirety of the time. Basketball, what you got Toronto and you got Memphis, which has never done anything even remotely close to getting to the finals. Raptors won their first one only a couple of years ago. So you look across sports. I think that's the most amazing thing to me that an expansion team is being able to do what the Golden Knights are able to do. Well, yeah, and they were they were actually talking about it um, during the game last night. How uh, they've been around. I think it's five. This is their fifth season, mm. and really what they did was, you know, they had you know obviously had their draft to build their team, but then they basically just traded them all away. Like there's yeah. only one, there's only one guy on that team that's from the expansion year, um, so they basically took their young assets and and developed them enough that they could get some trade value for them, made some good moves in free agency, and and here they are two wins away from winning the Stanley Cup. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive, um, and I mean. Again, I won't count Florida out, but the way Florida has been dominated, I mean, they had in the, early in the game they had three different power plays. They told uh, nine or ten shots between the three power plays and couldn't score a single goal. Um, <laughs> I mean, just to to think that you can get that many shots on a power play and you're still not getting it in the net. I mean, they're the Knights' go, uh, goaltender is playing out of his mind. Um, he made one save in game one that was just insane. His entire body was going left, and he basically jumped back, like forced his body back to the right, extended the stick, and made an unbelievable save that probably is one of the main reasons that they built up the momentum that they did and got the win that they did. Um but yeah, I mean, until Florida, if, if, until Florida loses, uh, Florida goes down three. Oh, I'll count them out. But until they do, I, I just won't count them out. If, if they can win Game Three, I think we still we still got a pretty good series ahead of us. Yeah, man, that'll be the big one, and it's in Florida, so that's usually that's usually the test. You see, I, I think you said it at first too. A lot of teams go down to to nothing. When you get them in your building, what do you do that first game? That's that pretty much determines where the series goes from there. So, all right. I think with that, though, I'm going to go to this one real quick, Dave. We'll go to football. If you could think of uh, have anything else you want to bring up, you feel free. But I'm bringing this up just because this, this came out yesterday. We brought up the NFL's gambling suspensions that have happened in the offseason. I think we brought it up last week. And now the NFL is likely going to suspend uh, Isaiah Rogers, um, fringe player on the Colts, kick returner, cornerback. And apparently they found him making a lot of bets here. This is not going to get better for that, uh, the NFL in terms of gambling and the players. Like, this is getting progressively worse. I'm just wondering what you think here, because to me, like this slope is is gradually getting downhill. Uh, the worst part is this freaking the kid's on a rookie contract. He wasn't even a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently all of his bets ranged from twenty five to fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. So he's not out there betting life changing money. You know, he was out there having some fun betting on some games and, you know, it, it could potentially cost him a year. Um, 
uh, and what you know hurts the Colts is that they were they have high expectations for this kid. It's actually one of the reasons that they like uh, Gilmore go. Um, so it's it's very it's very interesting. I'm very curious to see how they handle this one because they want to send a message to players that it will not be tolerated. And yet at the same time, it's like, how do you really justify spending a guy for an entire year when his biggest bet was 50 bucks? Like, no, you're, if you're only betting 50 bucks, like you you can't, you can't influence a game. Like the, the guys that, you know, the, the betting that they're worried about, you know, obviously stems from, you know, impacting the result of a game and cheating and all that type of stuff. Ain't nobody going to risk their job or career for a guy that's making a $50 bet. So, I mean, that that part to me is just probably the worst part of it all is like this kid's probably going to lose a year of his career, a year of development, have to spend the whole year away from the team, not even being able to be by his teammates or go to practices or go to the facility or anything, all because he made some $25 to $50 bets and and – you know, was basically just enjoying the fact that he could gamble online. Um, mm. Oh, yeah, I, I do feel bad for the kid. I mean, you know, you're not supposed to do it. So my feeling bad only goes so far. But when it re- when it's really all said and done, like this, this kid is going to lose a year's worth of pa- like, I just I just feel I actually do kind of feel bad for him. I mean, I definitely get what you're saying. And obviously, this is just. I mean, I, I'm sorry. The NFL is taking the daily fantasy sites money. They're taking all the gambling money from the casinos and everything that have now been legalized. Good for them for doing it. But now you turn around and you do something like this, whether you're right or wrong, you're still taking the, the gambling money and you're, you're penalizing a player for trying to get some of the same money you are freely and openly obtaining. So that that's that's the part where it, it is what it is, and definitely feel bad for the uh, the guy. But I, I I don't know me. I feel a little differently because I'm never going to side with the NFL on this issue. I, I'm just not because if you're taking their money, you can't turn around and suspend the players for placing bets. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That part of it, you lose me on that. But I, I get that we're in the 21st century, as opposed to the early part of the 1900s, the idea that something like this can open the door for someone who, yeah, maybe it's not a $50 bet with that guy. Maybe it is something different. Maybe, and maybe, and maybe, and you see the thread I'm going down. Now, I get it's very far-fetched in this day and age. Nothing to say it can't happen, though. Oh, you know? definitely say it can't happen. Mm-hmm. That is for damn sure. Yeah, especially we hear all the time, you know, the, the rookie contract, especially if you're not a first-round draft pick, and we know there's not a lot of guaranteed money in the NFL as it is. You get someone who really needs some sort of life-changing money and can't wait a couple years for it. I mean, and that's, there's, oh, there's no guarantee getting it, though. <laughs> what you, there's absolutely no guarantee you're getting it though. That's that is very fair. But I'm just I'm just saying that's the part I look at it. It's just like if, if that happens after all these years of it being 
just like the thing of legends. You hear about the Black Sox scandal from the early 1900s, and it's it's a myth. I'd be fine if it stays that way. So, um, but this is going to get a lot worse one way or another here. You know what I mean? I mean, this is now the fifth or sixth player suspended this offseason after the Calvin, Calvin Ridley thing. Uh, I guess it's a, almost two years ago now where he gets suspended for the entire season. This is not going away here. So how do you think they are, are able to mitigate this at all? I, I don't know how you do. I mean, it's easy access. It's easy to get to. I mean, it's right there in the palm of your hand. Like, I don't know how you mitigate it. I mean, basically, you just got to strike the fear of God in the players because they don't want to lose an entire year's worth of pay. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I do suppose not too much you can do here. I know, and this is this is weird. So some of the Lions who got suspended or caught, they weren't caught for actually making bets because if I remember correctly, I heard something like they weren't betting on football. The issue was that they did it in the team facility, and they said they had no idea that was a rule. Yep, I believe you're correct on that. And I don't know how – there's so much nonsense to this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's a dumb rule as it is, but if you're going to have that rule, you better make sure that your entire uh, constituency knows that it's a fucking rule. I mean, that's usually how rules are supposed to work. If they can cost yeah. you more your job. Yeah. So this is, this is a bad situation. Uh, not just for the NFL. Cause I, I do think you're going to see it more in other sports been saying it for a few few years now so we shall see what comes of this all right did you have anything else you wanted to bring up tonight anything i'm leaving out um not too much else going on in football i think we're still in otas right now right yeah you're in otas right now um DeAndre Hopkins, still a free agent. No real clear idea where he's going. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to great. pick the be- the best situation for Hopkins, where where do you think the best situation would be? Ah, uh, hmm. Honestly, I think Cleveland could be a really good spot for him. Hmm. Um. It's hard for me to have faith on a big-name wide receiver going to Cleveland right now. Like, I know it's not all Watson because this will be the first full year he's a starter there, but I just feel like a lot of big-name wide receivers have gone there to see their careers die. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong on that, my friend. I I think it's just genuinely a – it's going to be interesting. Like, I think him with Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, Mm. Sean Watson, they have a solid offensive line. Uh, they've got stars on defense. Um, but, you know, I can see Cleveland. I know there's been rumors about him returning to Houston. I mean, if I'm him, I'm not going there. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I know he had said that 
uh, I can't remember the context or anything, but it, like two of the quarterbacks he would like to play to uh, play with rather Mahomes and Josh Allen. I guess Buffalo did make overtures to try to get a trade talk going with Arizona. Salary cap wise, that might not work. Yeah, they just saw Buffalo just signed uh, Leonard Floyd. Mm. <laughs> Last time uh, to pair with uh, Von Miller and. Last time they shared a field together, they won a Super Bowl in uh, L.A. with the Rams. So, mm. um, I mean, look, we've talked we've talked about NFL salary cap more times than I can count. When it's all said and done, it's not real. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's, it's a matter of does your owner want to spend money? It's really that simple. So, um, I think Buffalo and Kansas City, it, it, you know, the rich get richer. Um. Yeah, I can see Cleveland. If I'm him, I'd try. I'd try to go to an NFC team. I I'd try to go to you know Philly, Dallas, the Giants, um, the Rams, um, Seattle. Like I I'd want to go to a team uh, to the NFC just because the path to the Super Bowl is going to be a lot. Like it's still going to be competitive, but I mean. It's not the juggernaut conference that the AFC is this year, and and it's a crapshoot who's going to come out of the AFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's only about, I think if I said five really good quarterbacks in the NFC, I feel like if I said five, that'd be too much. Well, yeah, like, I mean, Hurts, Dak, and then and then and where do you go, Geno Smith? After that, like you know, Smith, uh, Brock Purdy, if he comes back, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray. No, I mean, like when you really run down the list of quarterbacks in the NFC, they, they, there's not many. I mean, Minnesota could go be another place he could look at. I mean, they they lost Thielen, they got rid of Thielen this offseason, so yep. you know, that's a route he would want to go and pair up with Justin Jefferson. That would be insane, though. Those two together, that that would be an insane pairing. Yeah, it'd be interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good thing for DeAndre Hopkins, right? He, he's going to let teams go through OTAs. Like, I think that's why he didn't sign anywhere. Like, I think he his plan would probably be to sign with a team, like, at the start of training camp, which is still another, like, six weeks away. Mm. Yep. But it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Go ahead. You're not keep in mind too, right? You're not getting 27 year old DeAndre Hopkins. You're getting 31 year old DeAndre Hopkins. So, um, I hate acting like 31 is old because I would love to go back to being 31. Yeah. Uh, but in NFL years, that that's old for a wide receiver. So, you know that that's the other other part of it is you know what what kind of contract is he going to want compared to what teams are willing to give him. That that would be interesting to know, like be able to get more information on as well. Mm. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see where he winds up there. Um, any, anything else? Uh, ba, 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 ba. nah, man. Uh, really, it, it's overall it's been a slow sports week. Um, you yeah. Know, I, uh. I know we shouted it out last week, but happy to know that, you know, 
Fife's uh, wife and, and baby girl are, are doing well and at home. And mm-hmm. uh, now he's dealing with, uh, you know, a, a son who's not even two and uh, running around and, and being a crazy kid and now, and now a newborn. So we do miss him. Look forward to having him. Back. But uh, he's probably playing the hardest part, sport there is in the world. And that, that's juggling uh, life, uh, a marriage and two kids. Uh, <laughs> God bless, man. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I tell you what, we'll go to pop culture a little bit because I got a couple things I wanted to bring up tonight. Um, I did not get a chance to see the new Spider-Man animated movie yet. I didn't even remember it came out this past weekend until like Thursday. So I didn't get a chance to do it this weekend. I don't know if you saw it, but I, I tell you, I, I watched a few documentaries this week, a couple of the 30 for 30s. Did you see, do you remember American gladiators? Of course I do. I used to love watching that show. They got a 30 for 30 on uh, American gladiators. It's two parts it's on ESPN plus which I, I know you're a cord cutter like me there. I don't know if you have the um, ESPN Plus. I got the whole Disney package thing. So I wind up got, getting that. Two parts. The first part is looking at the actual gladiators themselves and the actual show. And the second part is focused on the guys who created American Gladiators. And that part's just fucking ridiculous. I'll tell you that. But it's a really well done documentary. It's a little artsy. You know what I mean? There's a couple moments where it's just like, ah, all right, you didn't have to get that. You're you you're making a documentary. Yeah, I'm glad you think you're an auteur. Just can we get to the stuff, please? Skip this. That was my only real knock on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I honestly, I honestly, um, I definitely want to watch it, but um, I don't know what the um what's it called um mm-hmm. i like i don't know so basically my problem is i don't have like i pay for the disney bundle with hulu and yeah um, yeah, yeah and plus um but for some reason it tells me that i don't like my account was canceled oh that's got- new but I like oh. I still have I still have Disney Plus, but my Hulu and my ESPN Plus, for some reason, uh, shit the bed. That's crazy. I know it always gives me problems telling me I'm not logged in and I got to log in. I never heard the canceled one before. That's crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. I ESPN Plus is like the bastard child of that Disney Plus package. Because I feel like you don't have these problems with the Hulu and the Disney Plus and all that. ESPN Plus, and it's always had these freaking problems. Like, I like it because I get to watch the 30 for 30s whenever I want to. But I don't really use ESPN Plus for anything else. Do you Do you watch anything else on, the, on ESPN Plus? Um, no, I mean, other than any live sporting events that they would do. I feel like they never have the good ones on espn plus like i don't know they don't have like really good football matchups or really good like uh the the premier well i guess the local basketball matchups or anything like that so i've watched some live sports on there but not a lot yeah same here Mm -hmm. yeah 
So there was that. And I'll bring this up to you real quick. I know you never really a wrestling guy, but the one thing I bring up every year when it comes back on Dark Side of the Ring documentary series on a specific topic from the history of wrestling. It's mostly modern history stuff. And they do some really good shows. Most of it is serious. Some of it is a little lighthearted. Last week, they started off with one of the serious episodes. They did uh, Chris Candido and Tammy Stitch, better known as Sonny, back in the uh, mid-90s. And sad story, what happened to both of them, actually. But um, they did that one last week. They're doing uh, one on a... a lesser-known guy from the 80s, Mag- Magnum TA, he was primed to be a bigger star, but he got in a bad car accident and ended his career. So they do stuff like that throughout the season. It's back, and I just wanted to shout it out on the show because I like the show. It's a good show. Yeah, I can't say I've seen it, my friend. <laughs> do you have anything you want to bring up? Uh... No, man, I, I still haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I still haven't seen uh, Into the Spider-Verse. So, yeah, I'm pretty, uh, I'm still pretty out of it. Yeah, so, I haven't had I mean, any right shit. Now, I... Go ahead. I was going to say, right now, I'm watching uh, the final season of The Flash just loaded on Netflix. So, I watched <laughs> the first two episodes of that. Mm. I know you got into, well, I know you were always into Flash. I can't remember if you were into anything else. Are you sad to see the um, DC or uh, CW universe end? The Arrowverse? Yes, there you go. That's that's what I was looking for. Thank you. I will be honest with you, no. Um, and and it, the main point or main reasoning is they just kind of ran their course. Like, the, like after, like I was texting with my buddy, Joey D, um, uh, after the eighth season came out on Netflix, I used to stream it on the CW app, but that app is trash. Like every time I stream a, a show on there, it gets to like the second or third commercial break. And then it just keeps playing commercials and doesn't get back to the show. Mm. So I just wait for it to get on Netflix now. And like, I texted them after watching the eighth season and I was just like, this show needs to end. Like they're just <laughs> grasping at straws to, to give you something entertaining. Um, and it's, and look, I still like, uh, I think his name is Grant Gustin that plays the flash. Like I yeah. like the guy, like the characters they have in the show. I think the actors and actresses do an amazing job with their characters, but like they're, they're just reaching right now. Um, to try and find something to entertain you. And it's, it's just like, they probably could have cut the cord after like season seven and, and wrapped it up then, but they made it clear. This is the last season. Apparently, uh, Stephen Amell, uh, Neil comes back and reprises his role as the green arrow in this season. Um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely, uh, definitely interested to see. And, uh, I'm also excited for, um, flash to come out. Because uh, that's supposedly going to be uh, resetting the DC universe and letting, um, oh my God, why is his name leave? The Guardian of the Galaxy guy, James Gunn. Oh, J- yeah, right, right, right. He's taking over everything. So the Flash movie is supposed to like reset their whole timeline um, so that they can start fresh. 
Uh, I did watch because um, it's on HBO or on Max. Don't call it HBO Max anymore. Now it's just Max. I hate uh, that. I absolutely hate that. But yeah, I think HBO Max was their be- was the best title they had. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, I watched the Shazam Fury of the Gods. Um, so I got to watch that. That was all right. It reminded me more of a Marvel movie than a DC movie. Um, oh. I'm sure they love that compliment. <laughs> yeah, but it just it had a lot more humor to it. Um, uh, I got you. I mean, it fits the character the way they developed him in the first movie. Um, mm. Definitely fits the character, but they still let people die, which we know in Marvel, you know, like, I mean, you think about it, uh, Avengers and the first Avengers movie and, you know, there's a, you know, aliens coming through some portal in the sky yet you don't see a single person die you're like okay well that's not real um, <laughs> so that it is what it is like i'm not mad at him for it but you know at least dc even in this movie they let him do it so i enjoyed it i was entertained um but it was you know it's nothing that i'd be like oh my god you have to go see this movie mm. yeah i haven't had a chance to see uh shazam i think black adam's also on um max yep. <sighs> Always, why couldn't you just leave it with HBO? Warner Brothers comes in like nobody gives a fuck about Discovery. I'm sorry, you don't have to be loyal to them. You don't have to fucking lose the name of your biggest service. Like I'm sorry, HBO is a legacy name. Some of the best TV shows of all time have been on HBO, and you just fucking let that go. I just I hate that. Hate it. I don't use that word often, Dave. You know I always make a big deal whenever anybody else says hate. No, that I hate. You can hate that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. Uh, definitely with you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am looking forward to the Flash movie, though. I'll say that. I hope it's good. Like, we've heard so much about this movie. This movie's literally been, like, almost 10 years in the making. So, I... And we've known for about five years they were doing Flashpoint. So, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Michael Keaton looks fantastic in the freaking trailers that we've seen him as Batman. So, I got hopes for this movie. And we'll just see. I think we're about a week and a half away from it coming out. So, yeah, it's uh, the sixteenth. So I think yes. it's a week. I think it's a week from Friday. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so. I mean, I got Guardians of the Galaxy is first on my must see in the movie theaters. Um, and then I'll go see the Flash, Spider Man. I don't like. I, I I really enjoyed the first one. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not spending, you know, $18 on a ticket to watch a, an animated movie. Mm. Yeah. I get them a little cheaper than that. So not, not by much anymore. It used to be, I'd get them for like 10 bucks and that was nice. Now I think it's like 12, but, um, still a little cheaper. I, I love the first animated Spider-Man movie into the Spider-Verse. It was fantastic. I thought it probably... I might put that in my top 10 all time comic book movies, maybe, but yeah, I like, like the, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it was, it was a great movie. I thought they did an amazing, I, I'm mm. with amazing, amazing. I put that up. To, oh, go ahead. Nah, I'm good. Okay. Um, I put that up there with like, I, I compare it to Lego Batman. Cause I love that movie too. So, like, those are the good animated movies. They don't do a lot of good animated comic movies. Like, I saw that um, T-Titans go to the movies. 
that came out around the same time as the first Into the Spider-Verse, that movie sucked. There's a Stan Lee cameo we're seeing, but that's about it. Yes, I said Stan Lee in a DC movie. It was funny as hell. Yeah, I can't say I ever, uh, ever saw that movie. <laughs> it's not worth seeing except for that part. That part's fantastic. Stan Lee just loves cameos. Or he, he did. Rest in peace. All right. Um, I didn't really have too much else in terms of TV shows. I haven't really been keeping up on too much recently. Did you ever get a chance to see Tulsa King on Paramount Plus? No, I don't have Paramount Plus. It's only like five bucks a month, I think. If that's the only thing you watch on it, it's probably not worth it. But it's a really good show with Sylvester Stallone. Fantastic. I know, I know you and I think Eric were fans. Oh, yeah. God. No, that's okay. Didn't really get a chance to hear too much of what he had to say on it, but that was a really good show. So hopefully he felt the same way on that one. But all right, I think with that, we'll get out of here for tonight. Thank you, to everybody, for listening to us on all our various podcasting outlets, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Bullhorn. Rate, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. And we'll get out of here for tonight. Thank you, everybody, for listening once again. Let's do some final thoughts. Dave Hastings. As always, my man, it's a pleasure. And uh, until next week. Until next week, Dave. Thank you very much. And I am Mike Aglialoro. Thank you once again, everybody, for listening. We will see you all next week.